are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Park the sound, it's your favorite Tar Heel voice. Welcome to Locked On Tar Heels. As always, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Thank you so much for joining me today. Do yourself a favor, make sure you've downloaded and subscribed to the Locked On Tar Heels podcast from anywhere. You can also join the fun via Twitter by following at Locked On Heels or me personally at Candace D. Cooper. All right, so here's what I have on tap for you today. College basketball opens up. We have Carolina taking on the College of Charleston. There are also some ACC tournament updates. We'll give you some statistics as we head into this season. We're going to hear from Roy Williams and Garrison Brooks. And finally, of course, you got to keep that football thing rolling. I was on Locked on Irish podcast the other day, and so I want you guys to hear how good I hyped up our Tar Heels, all right? I think that will be excellent. Now, North Carolina. Carolina begins this season by hosting College of Charleston Cougars on ACC Network at 6 p.m. College of Charleston went 17-14 last year and finished fifth in the CAA, while North Carolina ended up 14-19. Oh, <laughs> sorry. That, that, was, that was rude. My bad. It was a rough year. And finished 14th in the ACC. My Lord. All right. So here's a note. College of Charleston went 5-6 of six against non-conference teams last season. In those 11 games, the Cougars gave up 68.9 points per game while scoring 68% per match, 68 points per matchup. North Carolina went 7-4 in non-conference play, averaging 71.5 points and giving up 69 in their per-game average. As for Carolina, the Tar Heels returned three starters and six other players from last season's team that went 14-19 overall and 6-14 in the Atlantic Coast Conference. So the Tar Heels have won their last 15 season openers. The last loss was the 2004-2005 opener against Santa Clara in Oakland. I don't know if you guys have been to Santa Clara, but it's beautiful out there. A little warm, but it is beautiful. Carolina is 4-3 and three against the College of Charleston, including 2-0 in the Smith Center. Roy Williams is 2-0 against the Cougars, all while he has been head coach for the Tar Heels. Now, UNC defeated the Cougars last at 74-69 on November 28, 2010. So November is good for the Tar Heels when it comes to College of Charleston. But when it's all said and done, how has Roy really felt about this season coming up in the flexibility that he's going to have to have, the unpredictability that is everything that seems to be 2020. And it's crazy because we say unpredictability when life is unpredictable. We have coaches every other day tell us about, you know, control the uncontrollables and you just never think it's going to get this bad, right? You never think it's going to be this extreme where you're trying to navigate college athletics in a pandemic. And that's exactly what Roy seems to be doing. So let's take a listen to Roy's thoughts here about how he feels going into the 2020 season and its unpredictability i don't handle it very well but it's the world we live in right now uh somebody else canceled their first four games until december 7th there was a football game i think on uh saturday morning that was canceled it was supposed to want to be played at 12 o'clock and uh, it's the world we live in i don't like it i like normalcy i like a routine uh, but that's not what we have right now you can just do everything you can possibly do and still have a slip up. But uh, the process, you need to do everything you can possibly do and then be prepared to handle everything as well. So, yeah, you ha- there you have it, right? Roy 
clearly, you know, is like every other coach out here where he's used to routine, he's used to schedule, he's used to things flowing in a nice way. And yeah, injury injuries might be the hardest part of a coach's season at times, right? That might be the most struggling, frustrating part of a coach's year when he doesn't have all of his guys available. Maybe he has guys who are underperforming or not living up to their potential that he has to dig into every now and then. But I'm pretty sure not one coach has ever said, yep, I know a pandemic is coming sooner or later and eventually I'm going to have to, you know, really get into my guys and encourage them because I'm going to have to get encouraged myself. I mean, hell, coaches are human too, right? So trying to motivate and be a leader in a time with which we haven't seen a lot of leadership, especially from up top, it's very frustrating. And I know Roy has echoed a lot of those sentiments about, you know, advocating for people to go out and vote no matter who they voted for you know, making sure they change things around and get it going in the right direction. So that's exactly what Carolina basketball also has to do. They have to get going in a more positive direction. We don't want a 14-19 season yet again. So, of course, we look to senior leader Garrison Brooks to help us navigate how that is going to go. And, of course, Garrison, simple man, wants to get a job done and keep it pushing. That's exactly what he echoed when he spoke to the media. Um. He's the best player in our conference, of course. That would be my goal, and uh, just win that championship. I think that's pretty much uh, all the goals that we need for a team. Um, that's something we dreamed of since the beginning when we started practicing workouts. Appreciate Garrison for being straight up honest with us, right? It's just, look, I want to win. I want to play, be my best self. I want to be the best player in the ACC. There you have it. You don't have to cut and dry that much more than what it is. And I think he'll be able to do that. I think the leadership is there. It's going to be about being consistent. A lot of guys are going to get exposed early in this ACC, quick ACC's conference schedule, right? You're going to have a lot of guys who assume like, oh, I'll have – I thought I had some scrimmages under my belt and I would be fine in my blue and white practices, but no, it's a whole different ball game playing the NC States, the Syracuses, the Florida States, the Virginias of the world, right? It's a different ball game to be playing Duke twice and not really having that fine tuning that you're used to seeing from a lot of these Carolina teams playing freshmen, playing them early and often and having them navigate and lead from a young space. You know, it's all different. I will say though, if there was ever a year to not have a lot of pressure from freshmen in terms of crowd noise and crowd influence this is the year so if our freshmen know how to just hoop and play ball correctly which a lot of people have given love to Daron Sharp and Caleb Love and RJ Davis about I think they'll be all right right I think it's going to be we're going to surprise a lot of people if you have young guys who can just lock in it is going to make for a great day so I am excited for that I think you know it's going to be an easy win for the Tar Heels it'll be good to see where we've matured where we still need work will we still have struggles from three will be able will be will we come on now be able to play defense <laughs> like coaches used to seeing. Are we going to get those offensive boards that coach demands of these guys? We'll all just have to keep our eyes focused on those keys for us to be victorious here on Wednesday as college basketball opens up. So make sure you're tuning in. Live tweet with me at Locked on Heels at Candace D. Cooper. I'm super excited to cover a Carolina game. I have so much energy when it comes to Carolina basketball because I know that's very important to y'all. So I'm looking forward to having some insiders on as we gear up for Locked on Tar Heels through basketball season. As many games as we get, we're going to enjoy it and we are going to just really 
you know, have fun with it. At the end of the day, we're not going to do X's and notes every other day. We'll give you the stats. We'll tell you what we see, improvements, not improvements. But I don't want to spend so much time on telling a man who's probably done this way more than I have how to dribble better, <laughs> how to work on his handles, X, Y, Z, right? I'm just here to report and make it fun, keep it light, because at the end of the day, it's a game. We all want to have fun. We support the guys either way. <laughs> we're just trying to get another championship under our belt so we can get over the Kentuckys and the Dukes of the world. So, yeah. That's how we're going to keep it here. But I have got some updates when it comes to the ACC tournament that I would love to share for you next here on Locked on Tar Heels. Do you ever feel like you're always on? I mean, same. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes I just need to celebrate responsibly. That's when I reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. It doesn't matter what team or sport is playing, Coors Light from Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, is the official beer of watching any sport or team just to drink. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. All right, folks, as you know, I am on this new fitness journey since retiring from swimming. I have been looking for great treats to stay fit but keep me nice and toned. That's why I've leaned on Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. With 18 amazing flavors that are 100% covered in chocolate, Built Bar is even more delicious. If you're a health conscious person like me, you'll enjoy Built Bar because it's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and get 25% off for Black Friday. Plus, don't forget to use promo code to get an extra percent off of your order. Now, coming up on Locked on Tar Heels, make sure you guys enjoy your Thanksgiving on Thursday. You will not hear from me because I'm enjoying my family. Got some Zoom and Google Meet action going on on Thursday. I will be cooking. Send all of your prayers. I get to make mac and cheese, yams, greens, all the good stuff. Ham, yeah, I'm all about that. I can't quite do a turkey yet. I don't know. I The touching of the turkey is just, I'm not, not there in my spirit. I don't want to pull nothing out. The gizzard, mm, not there. <laughs> I have helped my mom in the past. I don't mind touching the bird on top, but when it comes to pulling all the good stuff out, I'm not quite there. So they, you know, gave me the simple task. Give me the sides, which we all know Thanksgiving is all about the sides. You can make or break your Thanksgiving by how good you hook up those sides. So I hope you guys enjoy your families, whether it be virtual, in person, you're safe, you get tested, all that good stuff, and you enjoy Thursday off. We'll enjoy our win that Carolina will have. More importantly, you've got time to catch up on all your favorite Locked on Tar Heels episodes. Come back Friday. Though, I want you to talk with me about Carolina versus Notre Dame. We've got some five key observations that we got to give you. We got to recap the hoops game. But more importantly, how are we going to prepare for the Tar Heels to take down the number two team in the nation? We saw the college football playoff rankings come out. Carolina is now sitting at 19. Can we creep back in there? Can we get out of our own way? Let's talk about that on Friday. Now, I've got to give you some ACC tournament updates. The Atlantic Coast Conference announced yesterday that the 2021 ACC Men's Basketball Tournament will be held back in Greensboro, the Greensboro Coliseum, from March 9th through the 13th. The tournament originally was scheduled to be played in Washington, D.C., but it will now be, that will now be the 2024 host for the ACC tournament. And as we all know, Greensboro's home, right? Greensboro feels like a bit of normalcy while we're going to keep it a band. I grew up here being a Carolina kid and, you know, 
we watch the tournament during free time. We watch the tournament during not free time. Our teachers would roll out the cart, roll out that TV, that silver TV on that little stand, and we would watch some of the greats battle it out when we started those early games, right? You know, kids who got the special treatment would get taken out of school a couple days early, start their weekends early to enjoy that Greensboro tournament. So it's a rite of passage, really, in this North Carolina world. And we all know this is Hoop State. So why not? bring it home it just makes more sense the travel will be less there are a lot of teams that are closer to Greensboro sorry Syracuse I know Jim Beheim is not a big fan of Greensboro he'll get over it something about homegrown mom and pop like the Maui Invitational of course everybody wants to be in Hawaii sure but there's something about that mom and pop feel of Greensboro Coliseum now when we talk about the ACC we have a couple of things that I wanted to highlight make sure you guys knew heading into the 2020 2021 year there are four ACC teams that are ranked nationally in the preseason AP polls Virginia who's at four Duke who is at nine Florida State is at 21 and of course you've got Carolina at 16 and speaking of Carolina their stars Garrison Brooks was the only well not stars star Garrison Brooks was the only uh, returning member of the 2020 all ACC team for the Tar Heels Brooks is also a named ACC preseason player of the year as well as there being ACC uh, Naismith Trophy watch list, we saw Garrison along with our freshman sensation, Caleb Love. So, ACC is full of talent. We've got all of the nuts and bolts to be great, right? And I'm just hoping that it comes together for the Tar Heels. I really am. I, I know it's going to be a better season than it was. There ain't no way in hell they're going to get 14th in the ACC. It's just not happening. On paper, it, I, pride, ego, all of that, it's just not happening. So I look forward to however many games we can play. We're going to enjoy that here. So let's wrap up, though, today's show with some football talk. Again, was on Locked on Irish. I want you guys to take a listen to how I hyped up the Tar Heels. A couple of insider looks there. So we'll talk about that next on Locked on Tar Heels. So we'll end today's show Locked on Tar Heels with a priceless gem. We've got Locked on Irish interview that I had a chance to do. And I wanted you guys to take a listen to it. So there are a couple key questions that they asked, and I want you to know my game predictions and all that good stuff. So let's take a listen here. So, uh, Candice, right now we have uh, UNC transitioning after Mac Brown has taken over, and they have looked fantastic. I remember for a long time when Notre Dame was playing UNC, they were a, a struggling team. They were typically in the middle of the pack in the ACC, and now all of a sudden they're this this really talented program that Mac Brown has come back for you know a second resurgence period of time. There's a ton of really talented prospects. I'm just curious to hear your thoughts. What do you think has led to this success, and what have you seen that's been different compared to previous years? Well, I'll say that when Mac came in, it was just an immediate wanting to be a player's coach, right? So with the Fedora era, we had a lot of scandal, just trying to get past all that. And Mac pretty much came in and listened to the guys and was like, what do you want? And he made like ample amount of improvements from like training facilities, from, you know, players lounges and things like that. So he really took the time to just listen to the players and get feedback. And, you know, anybody who gets or is allowed to get feedback from a coach obviously wants to play better for them. And so I think that transition has certainly been one where you see the positive changes from there, but more importantly, the guys have a lot more fun. It's been an atmosphere and a culture shift for sure. When it comes to just, you know, I had 
one of our um, communications guys on just talking about, hey, we have rap music that's current. We have, you know, <laughs> videos and clips that's like we have people who are living in the current millennial age. And it just shifted from the wine and cheese crowd image that normally Carolina gets to finally saying, hey, we're trying to be hip and relevant. And Mac, you know, he knows who he is. He doesn't try and play on being like some cool hip coach. Like he's very much I have rules. I will make, make sure those rules are enforced, but I want you guys to have fun. And I think the second go for him has been a lot about having fun. And so it's been a pleasant surprise, right? Like a lot of the guys probably didn't think they would be that good. We're still learning how to win and be a top team. Clearly being a top five right now is not quite, we're not there yet, but you know, certainly working our way from all sides of the ball. And Candace, we have, we have a, a interesting matchup because both teams are coming off a of bye week, which I feel like doesn't happen too often when you talk about matchups, right? Like usually one team's coming off a of bye maybe. For Notre Dame specifically, it's been a tough bye week because we're down a couple offensive line and there's been some injuries coming out of this bye week that we have to kind of figure out. I know due to the reshuffling, obviously, with the bye week that North Carolina has, what is the update as far as injuries? How is the team looking coming out of this bye week and getting prepared for the Irish? Right. So, you know, Carolina had an interesting start to their season. They had Syracuse and then Charlotte wasn't able to play. And there was a couple of game shifts and had bye week that was built in. And now all of a sudden Miami shifts and you have another, you know, interesting week of just shuffling things around. We've had some guys get healthy. Storm Duck, who has been one of our best in the secondary, finally, you know, practicing again. Hopefully he figures it out. And it's all weird this year, right? Guys can either come back, you know, for another year. It's like a gimme or they can decide to take their talents elsewhere. I hope that he comes and plays because we can certainly use that help back there. But uh, if he doesn't, it is what it is. Bo Corrales is a tight tight end. I call him like Mr. Greg Olson (laughs) because he's just always available for us on third down. But uh, he is back practicing. And Brian Anderson, our center, is also back practicing this week, which will be very helpful for the offensive line. But when you think about the defense and you think about Notre Dame's offensive line, it kind of you're like, okay, I can take a deep breath because some people aren't available. But at the same time, our defense has been our defense, right? (laughs) Like there have been some great, you know, offensive lines. There have been some terrible offensive lines, and they still run all over Carolina's defense. So our run defense is terrible. I can't, I can't, and I'm really sad about it because that's where I live and breathe is in the trenches, and it's just it's not been there this year now facing a Notre Dame offense that's hitting full stride what do you think are the main reasons why besides that you know that main point or if you want to elaborate on it why this this Tar Heel defense is struggling so much over the past few weeks well for one I think a lot of people didn't give credit to Sam Hartman and how well he played I think people were sleeping on the fact that he's a senior leader and you know we had the Jamie Newmans of, of the world last year who were just bulldozing bulldozing over us and now you have Sam like oh Sam Hartman it'll be fine nope not not quite not quite but uh, I do think that our we lost Aaron Crawford we lost Jason Strobridge we haven't had you know the Taman Foxes step up like they could Chaster as quick off the edge, but you know, people know who he is now. Last year, it was all this nuance of, oh, Chasterat, he's never seen him play linebacker, but now you have film on him. It's a whole different ball game, and people can understand you better. So that, I guess, I will certainly play into how people perform against him, but I think it's just a ment- mentality of getting over the fact that you're not as good as the offense, but still trying to step up and play, because all you talk about for Carolina is Sam Howell. All you talk about is the Daz Newsons and the Deami Browns. And so feeling like you're the ugly stepchild within your own team, 
it's a little bit, you know, daunting <laughs> at times. So I think you saw with the Wake Forest game, there were big key three and out moments where you're like, okay, defense, we're going to step up to the same level. We're going to match the energy of our offense. And that's certainly what they did when it mattered, right? We still had a lot of takeaways where we're like, okay, we're not quite there, but when we needed it most, they definitely stepped up. Candice, you're my, you're my favorite guest so far. You just threw me the best <laughs> alley-oop in history of Locked on Irish. Wanted to talk about the offensive side of the football, and you just already kind of gave us a little preview a little bit, right? Like, So I'm an NFL draft yeah. guy. We're already excited about Sam Howell only being a true sophomore, what his potential is at the next level. You mentioned Diami already. You mentioned Daz Newsome. The couple running backs, I'm a huge fan of Mr. Williams. Can you give us just the brief breakdown of how special these skill position players are for North Carolina? Absolutely. Well, I will first start off by saying Sam Howell is just a different beast. I, good or bad, hot or cold, he gives you the same emotions, which is totally fine for me as long as they're winning, right? Deami Brown, Daz Newsom have certainly been his wide receiving rep, uh, weapons. But when it comes to the run game. Michael Carter, you know, he's great. I, I love him, but Javante Williams is such a slept on running back, right? And, you know, the fact that the backfield, I'll read you a stat, there are only two players in the nation with 800 plus rushing yards and 200 plus receiving yards. And those are both Michael and Javante. And I say every game, feed Javante, hashtag feed Javante, because I'm telling you when that man eats, it's going to be a great game for Carolina, right? So whenever I think about Phil Longo and trying to complicate the offense, I'm like, no, keep it simple. <laughs> keep it very simple. So if you were to give us a score prediction, how do you think things are going to play out? Off the strength of just being a former student athlete, I could never go against my own team. That's like, the right that's thing to say. Rip, right? <laughs> like off the strength of my degree, I just can't. But if I were to give predictions, I'll say it's probably going to be 42-35 Carolina. Like Sam Howell is going to have a great day. But I also think that Notre Dame's offense is going to also perform and our defense, our defense is just our defense. And hold, if you hold them 35, I'll be certainly happy. So as you see, I'm born, bred, dead here. I ride or die for mine, right? Whether or not I believe it to be true, that's for another story or another day. All I know is I do think that Carolina has what it takes to, I think they know the, what all of this means, right? The gravity of the situation. I, I think that's the word, but I'm going to roll with it anyway. If you're an SAT prep guy, I'm so, so sorry, right? I do think that Carolina knows what it would mean and the implications, there you go, of being number 25 in the country, beating a number two team. I think it's going to happen. I think they're going to – because why not? It's 2020. Anything can happen. We haven't seen too many upsets this season, and I blame a lot of that on – not having spring practice, not being able to run some trick plays, not being able to gel, you know, as much as team. But Carolina's doing the best they can. You know, they have a few hiccups against teams that they shouldn't have lost to, but we can't live in the past. All we can do is focus on the three games we've got left. So that's exactly what we're going to do. Make sure you guys tune in on Friday. I look forward to hearing um, your thoughts on the Carolina game from a basketball standpoint, at Locked on Heels. We'll be live tweeting tonight at Candace D. Cooper. Please talk to me because if you talk to me, I talk back. And then we got Friday coming up, 3.30. I'll drop the episode around lunchtime because I'm going to be so full from Thursday. Drop the episode around lunchtime, and then we'll talk about the Carolina Tar Heels on the football field and how they are going to dominate those fighting Irish. Look forward to hearing from you guys tomorrow. Nope, well, let me take that back because I'm not going to hear from you guys tomorrow. I look forward to hearing from you guys on Friday. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy your families. Be safe and all of that good stuff. Eat good. Be well. Wear those masks. And as always, go heels. 
You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.